Welcome to the Marketing Mastermind, a podcast designed to elevate your entrepreneurial mindset and help you take your business to the next level through digital marketing. Join your host, agency owner, Hillary Russell, as she interviews experts from around the world, dives into business success secrets, and gives tactical mindset training to help you elevate all areas of your life and business. Ready? Let's dive in to another Marketing Mastermind episode. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Marketing Mastermind. This week, I have a special guest, Abby Flores, with me, who I am super excited to introduce you all to because she has an incredible story of just, man, overcoming maybe a, a, a you know hand of cards that maybe some would use as an excuse to not have a lot of success in their lives, Right. And she has completely taken that and said, screw this. I'm going to design my own future and my own vision of success. And she has absolutely done that and can be an incredible example for all of us to follow on many different levels. So I'm very excited. Abby, thank you so much for joining me today. I am super happy to be here, Hillary, and for everybody listening, um, we can talk more about like how many cards I've been dealt. And how you, how we can all overcome them, because as much as I'd like to say that, you know, like I've been dealt some really bad cards. I don't want to sit here and say I've been dealt all the bad cards, Sure. but no matter how many cards you've been dealt, you just go through them one after another. And then when you realize, oh, you know, the, the bad cards, you know, you can put them to the side and never have to open that deck again. Then you can open a new deck. That's great card. I like it. <laughs> Take it away, Hillary. Don't 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 let me don't let me overstep on your own podcast. <laughs> no, let's let's start out. So let's start out with some context here. I'm gonna give for our listeners a little bit of a hook. Let's start where you were making three dollars an hour, Abby. And that was what you had worked up to at the time, were making three dollars an hour. Let's start there. Tell us a little bit about your story at that point. There you go. So the hook, let's, let's just go right into the, into marketing jargon, the hook. So yes, pretty much about two and a half years ago, I was literally making $3 an hour. I was one of the BAs that you may find on I don't work for them. I'm not their, their PR or anything, but my profile is still up. You can't hire me anymore, but my profile is still up for proof. But um, I was on there. I ended up working with um, one of the fastest growing uh, online e-learning industries uh, today um, by helping him go from zero to one million in one year. Now, uh, being able to work my way up from not just personally valuing myself on three dollars an hour to now literally getting offers to work for 10, 15, 20K a month um, and moving from the Philippines to the U.S., there's a lot of context that I don't want to dive deep into um, in terms of how I was able to get here. But um, what I will say is I did all of that through just focusing on what my gift is. And my gift is operations. Now, how I was able to properly charge for that, how I was able to look for the environment in which that same gift will be valued higher than what other people who don't value it as much would pay for. And then the last is just finding all the different ways I could wrap my gift around. 
so that would be like the different business models, you know, how I would charge the people I would talk to, like diving deep into the specific niche that I would work in or the specific industry. And then just being authentic online, just talking about, I'm just so passionate about operations. I can't help but talk about it. And then you end up with some organic marketing going on and then you attract people. And that's how I met Hillary through just posting about operations and then just talking about what I truly love. So it really all started um, with understanding what my gift was and how I was able to just focus on developing and increasing that skill and understanding how valuable that one gift is to the people that can afford it, AKA business owners. Sure. Yeah. That's, such a cool story and very cool too, that it's only been two and a half years, right? That's a short amount of time. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. So going yeah. back to, you know, two and a half years ago, the beginning of the yeah. pandemic, <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, it's been that already. Um, was operations something that you already knew at that moment that you were skilled at or was it something that you were still trying to uncover because and there's a second part to this that I want you to maybe you know provide some insight on especially in the digital asset digital world you know of building businesses entrepreneurship entrepreneurs are often told by you know gurus that you need to build skills like you're not making money yet because you haven't built the right type of skill. You haven't honed in on that skill. Right. And I remember, you know, when I was first starting out seeing posts like that and seeing things posted around that same topic and thinking, okay, what skills? Like that sounds like Napoleon dynamite. Like I got skills, you know, like what <laughs> type of skill do I need to, to focus on in order to be successful. Right. Yeah. And so this is interesting that, that you have, really recognized that your innate skill is operations, but how did you come about uncovering that? That is a great question. And um, I could go the long version or the short version. Let me go with the medium-ish version. So the way that I figured that out is I focused on being more self-aware of the things that I like doing and that don't take me any or like minimal effort to do. And then sort of understanding what type of skill or what type of uh, uh, gift has all that, right? Mm -hmm. So I know I'm not as creative as most people. So I, I, I flunked arts. I always, so I, what I would do in, in elementary and in high school, so like I would do like, I'll, I'll approach a classmate and like, yo, I can't draw to save my life. Like I can't, I, I just just doesn't come naturally to me, but I can do math. How about you do my art project? I do our math project. And then we'll let, you know, value exchange. And like that showed me two things that, you know, I had like these bits and pieces, like these hints of like entrepreneurial where like I understood the value exchange or that I understood that like, instead of me trying to desperately draw the art, I just got smarter and like, okay, what can I do for the people who don't know what I can do? And how can we make that value exchange? And then growing up, what had happened was I just had a lot of these hints. Like people would tell me, Abby, you're just really good with organizing stuff. Or, you know, my room would always look clean and I, I, I could never really have like a messy desk for too long. Just like these hints. And it wasn't until COVID 
where everybody just had way too much time on their hands. But I just, I, I was freaking out. I was getting a lot more self-aware than I wanted to. And then at some point, there just came this opportunity where I just sat down with myself. And I'm like, man, what, what, what do I really want to do with my life? And I have that, that crisis. And then I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do with my life, but I know what I don't want to do. And then when I figured out that entire list of what I don't want to do and focus on the things I do want to do, like I came with like a narrower list. I just like, it wasn't as laser focused as it is now, but for the most part, I eliminated everything that I wasn't going to do anyway, no matter how much money you pay me. Mm-hmm. Cause I just, I wouldn't be as good at it as I know I can be in the things that I do love to do. And then I read this book, uh, Ikigai, where I talked about a lot of things about your passion, your profession purpose that sort of thing and I'm like huh. you know like I don't like I didn't put operations and systems and accountability in one spot they were just all over the place but at, at least I had all all the pieces to my puzzle I I wasn't missing a piece I wasn't having too many pieces I had all the pieces I just now I needed to put them together so um now that I have that um when I was uh I guess struggling with money I had no money I was still in school and uh, you couldn't work anywhere because COVID, you know, you, you, you couldn't even go out of your house. So I was just desperate. And then I found myself scrolling on Facebook um, and in the Philippines, online jobs are, are just, they're just plentiful because during COVID, a lot of people started hiring virtually and online. And so that started to boom. And I'm like, you know what, like I could, I could probably help somebody. I like I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I know that I'm the type of person who'll just get stuff done. I'm very organized just as a person. I'm pretty sure somebody out there needs some organic. Um and then I ended up uh coming across this this uh job post applied and then was able to just knock it off because he was like, I don't want to hire anybody else but you. I'm like, great. Cause I have not applied to any job other than this one because I really wanted this just having laser focus but after I got that job as an operations assistant being paid three dollars an hour um I saw it as not about the money that I can make but in how much I'd be able to learn Mm -hmm. so what had happened was I had all those puzzle pieces and as I started to actually be paid to like do the stuff and like work in a specific container I realized that the the puzzle pieces started making sense right okay like my like being organized actually helps with you know organizing documents or being able to you know schedule things on time or schedule posts on time and at the time I was also managing the YouTube channel so the importance of posting on time and having comments and being able to organize you know like the the caption the, like everything you know and then and then it just clicked that like who I am as a person fits into a specific department inside of business, which is operations, and that there is a blue ocean of businesses out there who value operations enough to pay me what I know I'm worth, right? Um, So that whole journey took me the two and a half years from that moment of me reading that book, understanding what I'm good at, and then just focusing. So I've been offered like, oh, Abby, like you had worked for this person, maybe you know about his marketing. Or maybe, you know, about like the sales. And I was, I would always go back. Yes, I had to do those things. 
but I only stayed in like two months because I immediately let that go because mm-hmm. I just wasn't the person for the job. And I would hate to deliver subpar performance just because I could be good at it. I could be good at it. You know, I could learn about it, but I will never be as good at it because I don't love it. I don't love it as much as operations. So uh, the, the caveat there is for me to grow as rapidly as I have is understanding who I was first, what I was good at, and being relentless at saying no to everything that bounced around that bush of what I was good at and to just focus on this itself. Yeah. That's- and that's harder. That's harder yeah. to do than most people realize. It really is. And I, I'm really glad that you brought that up and that you said that, because I think that that's one of, in fact, I think I shared something on Facebook like a couple weeks ago that was around that same idea, but it basically said that as an entrepreneur, the thing that is halting your business from being successful is your shiny object syndrome. It's saying, yes, yes I saw that post. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's really so true. And I I've heard in a lot of different instances with, you know, different, um, I mean, honestly, like different leadership trainings and, um, you know, even listening to, uh, different, you know, big names in the entrepreneurship world, um, that oftentimes there is conversation around the topic of focusing on what you're good at and delegating the rest, right? Focus on what you're good at and delegating the rest. But something that you brought up there though, is something that we all deal with, especially at the beginning beginning stages of our entrepreneurship journey for not all, but I would say a, a large majority of individuals who, you know, start this journey, the reason behind it, the motivation behind it. Yeah, we all are very, you know, passionate and inspired individuals or else we wouldn't be doing this crazy thing. But usually the most of the, uh, you know, drive behind it is to make better income, to have a better life, right? To create a better life for ourselves. And so, especially in the early stages of that, it can be very difficult to say no to things that do not align with what your, you know, interest or your expertise is in. Because that usually means that you're going to, you know, going to be able to make money from it, right? So saying no to something like that has a long-term effect, like you said, of being able to really align your journey with what you want to be in versus getting that immediate income, (laughs) right? Yes. So can you talk about that a little bit? How do you navigate saying no, even if it means money right now? Yeah. So I like to say that my default is no. You have to convince me to say yes. Right. And I know like nobody really talks about that. It's like you say yes to the opportunity, try to figure out what you really want. And like for, for the people who do not know what their gift is, if like if you started a business and you don't really know where your zone of genius is in, two things. One, figure out what is the thing that you spend the most time on that you actually don't mind. That's the thing you're good at. Stay in that lane. And then on the flip side, figure out what you spend the most time on that you actually don't like. That's the first thing that must be delegated out, out the window. Like just like the things you spend the most time on are, are, are the indicators because, you know, like attention is really where the money is at. It's really where you'll see a lot of indicators of what matters to you the most or the thing that must get done, but you don't really like doing it and it takes you longer to do. Mm-hmm. Right. 
But going back to the point of of that, it's like the way that I went about things of like focusing who I was first and what I was good at before I even started making the money or, or, or anything like that. I didn't really know the value of that until later on. Mm-hmm. I just, I genuinely did not have any other opportunities to make more money other than just being able to make $3 an hour in the Philippines. That was my only option. So out of necessity, I just had to figure out what I was good at because they had like one shot. I had one shot. I Like if I didn't get this job and I didn't like put my best foot forward, I would have to live on the streets or I'd, I'd, I'd owe so much money or I wouldn't be able to eat. It's right. like, it, it's just that. So um, for for those, however, who are, you know, like just trying to figure out you know, what to delegate, like having, like, should I say no to this opportunity Opportunity to say yes to the thing that I'm actually good at? Like, I can't provide, there's no cookie cutter answer here, right? But for the most part, like the reason why you don't even know what to say yes to, because your, your default is yes. Like you have to, you have to justify to yourself what to say no to. The way I've done is the flip side. Like I say no, but my default is no. And then you have to have me say yes, because I already know who I am. I already know the skills that I've been able to build and I know what I'm good at. So I focus on me being the foundation of everything I do. Because for every business that you do, like it, it always starts as like a one person show or like you you do it with your spouse, you do it with your sibling or your cousin, something, right? But it, it, it usually is just like a mom and pop. You just start out with nothing but this true passion to be able to change the world or whatever it is, right? But what when it really comes down to what you're good at, it's not something that you you like most entrepreneurs have the fig have the luxury of time to figure out. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't already started a business, if you haven't already like done that, then you're in a great spot. If you're listening to this this podcast right now, because before I even started my whole business journey, like I just sat down with myself, read some book, gave me some guidance, and then just figured who the F I was, yeah. what the F I was good at, and then just stick with that relentlessly. And I pursued job opportunities. I pursued friendships. I pursued networking opportunities specifically in line to what I already knew I was good at. So I was able to say no to like, okay, there, there was this, this sales mastermind. There was this marketing mastermind. There was all these things. But if I didn't know who, who I was, and I like, okay, maybe I'll go do that. Maybe I'll go do this, right? But if there's money involved, for example, I would never try to take away, you know, like the opportunity for you to make money, mm-hmm. right? But what I would say is you must trust yourself to be the person that can make money no matter what you do. Yeah. Like my mindset has always been, whether you pay me three bucks an hour, like even if you have to send me all the way back to the Philippines, make like have me make three bucks an hour, I will still get to where I am just faster. Mm-hmm. So. I've built so much trust in who I am and what I what I do because I did that work early on, right? Because I know what I can do. I figured out who has the money to pay me for the value I know I can bring to them. And then everything else has just been cake compared to that one phase in my life, right? So in terms of making money, like trust yourself to be the person that if you're put in a position to have to make things work, Hasn't it all, hasn't it always worked out? Yeah. Hasn't it always worked out? If you're listening to this podcast, it has worked out. Like 
there may be things in in the working out process, but it will work itself out. You'll, you'll have to take a loan or you'll have to delay a payment. You'll have like that conversation or somebody lends you a helping hand. Like it always gets figured out, mm-hmm. right? So for me, once I figured that out, that it will all work out no matter what I do, like what else is there to be afraid of? Right. We haven't even touched on like, even before the free bucks now, when I was homeless in the Philippines, yeah. like having to get off the streets when I was 16, like there were, a, there have been way too many trials for me to not learn this lesson on the back of pain. Like I'm so passionate about that because there was a real pain attached to how I had to understand that no matter where I was, like I could only depend on myself. And if I can't depend, if I can't trust myself to be the person to figure out my own problems to figure out how I'm going to eat, how I'm going to get off the streets, how I'm going to be in a safe environment, then I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. Right. And I guess you don't need to go homeless and try it out. Like, don't try this at home or anywhere for that, <laughs> for that matter. But uh, I I actually do a lot of self practices. So if you don't mind, I've I've been rambling, but let me just share this this uh, specific practice that I do. So. If you want to test out, if you are the person that can problem solve, if you are the person that can enact your skills, because a lot of times like, okay, like I know it, but I've never, I've never proven it to myself. So you have doubts of whether or not you'll be that person for the situation. Mm-hmm. Here's how I specifically do this. And I, I, I shared this with, uh, with my clients um, two days ago, um, is that I routinely put myself in situations where I have a problem solver I have to figure this out I have to get uncomfortable I want to put myself in that fight or flight response so that I know who the person I become is in that moment so here's how I do I, I routinely go to new cities so when I first moved here to Austin Texas um I went on like a, a bus like just a random bus. I just bought it like a like a like a, a whole day ticket or whatever just got on, on a bus and I allowed myself to get lost in a new city who I I didn't know anybody, didn't know where I was going. All I had was the Google Maps and I had my Uber account. So the way I did is like, I will get lost. I will, I, I counted how many stops. Okay, like there's there's 10 stops. Let me go, let me get off the 11th stop or whatever. So I would just put myself in a situation where there are people on the, I, I, we don't have buses like like here back home. So like it, it was, even the environment itself was scary. So I'm scared, I'm anxious, I'm lost, I'm confused. But if worse comes to worse, you know, I can just Uber back home. I just know the address. I have enough battery on my phone. I have data. Call some, call, call, call the police if it ever comes back. But the reason why I do that is like I put my, I intentionally put myself in a situation where the goal is for me to get back home. Mm-hmm. That's it. I get lost. The goal is for me to get back home. Now, the skills required for me to do that after putting myself in that situation are problem solving. Being able to communicate to other people asking for directions, figuring out, you know, like what are what are the certain tools I have on me that I can utilize, right? What's the backup plan? If this, if if I find myself in a very sketchy situation, you know, am I able to get myself out of that? But yes. So that's why I have the Uber app. But the whole goal is like if I had to use everything possible before I called it in, right, what would I do? And I've only had to ever Uber home once. 
because I messed around and got off at apparently like a um, the hood part of town. I didn't even know it was the hood part of town, but apparently it was it was very unsafe for me to be there. So that's the only reason why I, I Ubered. But for the entire for like years, I've done that where I just put myself in situations where I'd have to, um, I would have to enact all of the skills that are required to do the things. So when I get back home, running the business or being able to talk to clients, being able to close sales calls. If I can conquer the outside world and be able to come back home and prove to myself that I am a person that can figure this out, then what's the sales call going to do? What's yeah. a client call going to do? What's a, what, what is a podcast episode going to do to me? Right. It's not as scary as getting lost in a, in a big city. Yeah, that's how they enacted. That's cool. That's really cool. Well, and what a great example too that can be applied in, you know, the business world in starting a business and and doing those different things. I mean, so many times we get into analysis paralysis where we're just overthinking something so much that it freezes us up, and we procrastinate yeah. everything else moving forward, and use that as an excuse to, you know, well, I can't, I can't you know, take the next step yet because I haven't done this or I haven't gotten to this point. Right. Um, yes. what a great example to just put yourself in that situation and then you have to do it. Right. Yeah. Not, not quite the same level of, <laughs> but yes. I, I love that because for myself, I I've found myself doing a similar type of thing, um, you know, throughout, throughout my journey, when I first, first got started, with my agency, I had been out of the corporate world for a little over a year and just felt kind of rusty, right? With, with, uh, I don't know, business lingo, I guess. Right. And so I was like, what's a good way that I could, you know, practice this up again. And I was like, oh, here's an opportunity to sign up for an event where I'm public speaking in front of 200 people that are business owners. Why not? So I signed up for it, not even knowing what I was going to talk about. But, yeah. you know, the day came and I had signed up, so I had to do it and do it scared. But you know what? Like you said, we make it through any of those unknowns, any of those situations where you have to dig deep and just be resourceful, right? And rely on yourself. And how cool is it to come out of those situations, regardless of what type of situation it is, but to come out of it realizing, wow, I can rely on myself to, you know, make something out of this. So that's super cool. I want to switch gears a little bit here because for our listeners, especially for individuals who are starting a new business, the word operations might mean a lot of different things. So can you give us a concise explanation on what it means to have operations or an operations department within a business? Gotcha. So it's basically making sense of everything after throwing so much spaghetti at the wall. <laughs> exactly. If I could give like an analogy to it, it really is being able to put things in their place instead of just having to frantically figure out where they should be in the first place every single morning, every single day. And then having visibility. For, for me, like operations isn't just, something in the background we're like okay you don't really know what you're, they're doing it's it's not like the the person who who you know 
who monitors the elevators and who, who watches surveillance cameras behind closed doors. It's like, that's not what operations is supposed to look like, um, or it's, it's actually not supposed, it's not how it should be viewed. Operations is literally the, the passenger seat where they see exactly what you're seeing, but they're the ones helping you get directions. They're the ones helping you, you know, make sure that like, we, we got everything in the back, the checklist is done and talking you through how we're going to get through this journey together. Right. Um, and uh, the way that, that, that I've been able to uh, talk about operations online and just being able to understand how business owners work and how operators, you know, like operations complement what they're actually doing instead of like just an expense you don't even want to see until you actually need it. Um, has been able to help a lot of businesses prevent these dumpster fires from happening. Because oftentimes when, because business owners, uh, we don't talk about it a lot in like masterminds. You know, we have like all these masterminds, networking events, and we talk about sales, the revenue, the marketing. But nobody really talks about like how we've been able to systemize all of these departments so that everybody is moving at the same speed upwards at the same time. Um, so because of that, uh, people usually come to me for help when the numbers aren't making sense, when they're, like, there's so much churn with both the employees and the clients, or they, they found themselves burning out way too many times and taking trips to Bali and Cancun and then figuring out that like, that may be the solution. It actually isn't. It's just you don't have, you, you haven't organized everything that you've built. And for me, I take that personally because I, I truly see business owners who start businesses with the intention of making impact, intention of helping people, intention to bring, you know, positive solutions to a problem that the market needs. Like, dude, like this is your baby. Yeah. Like if you were to take care of this baby, you can't just be the dad that goes out and makes the money and like, you know, it has the money to provide food for the table. You need somebody who cooks the food. You need somebody to take care of the baby while you're out there doing your job. You need somebody who like organizes the finances, making sure we're not spending way too much on stuff out there and make sure that the bills are, are paid for at home. So to, to have that, that more traditional analogy, it's like the traditional family where the CEO, business owner is typically like the father who goes out to work and makes all the money, does all the talking, has all the, 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 the connections outside. And then the mom is the stay at home mom where nurtures the baby take care like understands you know like has all these logs for the baby like you know you know how much they weigh when they were born you right. know like you know who the midwife is and you know all the appointments and, and all of that but at the end of the day it's it's a great partnership because uh you now have uh like both partners talking at the end of the day okay cool like this is how much money we're making this is who we're talking to and then they talk to the operator or people in operations who are like okay here are the bills, like, like we, we've already paid the bills, the baby's doing fine, you know, like the appointment is next week, let's make sure to, to, to show up to that. And then that's how you run a, a, a happy home. And I find that like, there are a lot of front facing business parents um, that don't talk about what's really happening at home, right? And the business suffers in silence because of that. So having your operations is probably the best thing you can do, not just for the business, but for yourself. Yeah. Um, 
as a business owner. And the sooner you can get to that, the sooner you can get a spouse or get get like that that op, that work wife or husband that you need to help you with that, the sooner you'll realize how much happier. Like you'll be able to tap back into why you started this business, why you started this family in the first place. Because mm-hmm. you really wanted to help people. But there's more people out there to help than you you're than you have the capacity to right now. Because you're just running like a headless chicken, not really knowing where things are going. You know, who needs to get the onboarding email? Like, what do we need to optimize? And you're just trying to do it all yourself, working 80, 100 hour work weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I've always used the, um, I guess, the explanation of, and I think it's from Stephen Covey, but he talks about how every successful business needs to have three types of individuals, a visionary, um, an operation manager type individual, and a task-oriented person, right? So three different types. But I love the you know, the method or your analogy of playing house, right? It's playing house, <laughs> but it really is. Everybody understands it, yeah. At, yeah, looking at, you know, with the the CEO or visionary type role, you're really looking out. You're looking for the future. You're looking at the big picture. You're looking at where you can grow to. And when you're doing that, you're often missing, okay, but what's going on inside the business right now? Yes. What's happening there? And I think, you know, a lot of us as entrepreneurs, um, you know, at the beginning, we we do have to wear both of those hats, but it comes to a time where you can't do it all, right? You can't do both. And it's it's necessary to have someone whose expertise is in that other area. Um, so that's super cool. And I love, I love that analogy. In fact, um, I I want to talk a little bit because you mentioned, you know, some of the clients that you're working with, which one of those is our CRO or sorry, not CRO, our COO, uh, chief operating officer, who I'm so, so glad that we, you know, were able to connect and he's been able to work with you because it's been incredible. Um, but let's talk a little bit about that, what your program looks like and, you know, the types of things and maybe more importantly, the types of things that you can really, you know, look for and help operating officers develop. Uh, but then too, let's talk with the time we have left. I want to talk about where you're at now and you know, how, how your two and a half year journey to this point evolved. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Awesome question. So I want to make this as, as quick as possible. Um, so number one, uh, what I do, uh, and, and how, you know, you and I, Hillary ha- have been able to work together is really have the program where, um, I train and upskill operators of online service-based businesses to uh, not only understand that they have that gift of operations that they haven't been able to attract more people to understand that there is a blue ocean of people who need people like us, um, operators, to help in their businesses, but they just don't know where to find us. Right. right? I didn't even know where to find us until I started putting out more um, authentic content about what I do and then just attract, like, oh, Abby, like, I I think I could do that. And then it it just became this whole organic thing where people were just asking me, how Abby, how do I learn from you? How do I get into this space? How do I meet business owners? Um, so I created a program uh, with that. And then, yes, your uh, uh, your COO is is uh, one of my mentees. And I've, I've had a blast with him. Um, and uh, being able to also connect 
be, be that person who mediates like the business owners who I still continue to network with just from organic conversations. And I mean, I'm in Austin. I always, everybody and, and their grandma here has like a startup or something. So there's always opportunity to introduce. Um, but for the most part, that's what I've been working on. Um, I've, I think I spoke about this earlier where my gift of operations, I've just been able to wrap it in all these different business models. So I do, you know, consulting for small, uh, small business owners who aren't quite ready for an operator, but they just need that, that leg up of what should I be doing to get to the level where I can start working with you, Abby? Um, so I also do those, um, and I obviously like have a podcast like these. I, I speak with a lot of business owners and just being able to authentically uh, like tell people that I'm here to help. And in in whatever shape or form you see me being able to help in your business, um, I want to be able to show up as much as possible uh, mm-hmm. for that. So sometimes I just hop on mindset calls for business owners. They, they're like, I, can, I don't know what to do. I think I'm going to close my business down. I can't. Like, dude, no. All right. All right. I know the bills be looking like they, they're they all over the place. Like clients are unhappy and stuff, but this is an easier fix than you think. Right. Because if, if they've been running their business for so long and this is their baby, mm-hmm. they care about their clients so much that it, it, they can't help but be emotional about it. And operators are the type of people that can help you see the objectiveness, the objectivity of the yeah. conversation that needs to happen. So it's like, okay, cool. All right, so here's here here's what we can do. Okay, first let's calm down. All right, the clients aren't aren't angry at you. They're not gonna like start coming to your house and like throwing toilet paper at like on your roof. The, none of that is gonna happen. Let's take a step back, okay, and then let, let's just have data driven conversation, mm-hmm. right? Okay, what 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 does your sales look like? You know, like what. What are the KPIs? Do you even have KPIs? And then you start having those objective conversations. So I also have that with like a lot of business owners. Um, I just love to connect people. And I think of, of all the things that I've been able to wrap my gift with operations with or partner it with is my ability to be able to connect with people. I'm really good at conversations. I've, I've had to, if, if I wanted to get here in 2.5 years, it's never really what I knew as much as who I knew um, yeah. that that really helped me. So after getting here and being able to to you know be in my dream city and, and and meet people that I only used to know from working online for so long and like never seeing their legs before and the, the, this crazy one was I had known her two years back. And then I met her in person for the first time. She invited me. She flew out to meet me, basically. And then I met her. And then in 24 hours, she's like, okay, so I've been thinking about this for such a long time. But, like, I wanted you to, like, I just wanted to ask you, would you be my maid of honor? Wow. <laughs> so, like, girl, I just met your legs yesterday. I didn't even know you were dating. But I ended up being a maid of honor at the wedding. And I met her husband the day before the wedding, or her wow. would-be husband, now husband. So to me, it's insane that, you know, like the opportunities that social media, the opportunities of like how much more people can get connected if they only tap into it more and how much impact we can create, even though we're not physically touching people or we're not like in person, but yeah. you can still make 
as much impact on people's lives if you just lean into it. So um, that's what I do in operations. And I just meet a bunch of people and, and nice. offer. Um, but what I'm doing right now, uh, man, so as you can imagine, being able to just grow fast from making three bucks an hour to, you know, having consulting calls that go from like 500 bucks to like a thousand bucks an hour, um, being able to strategize and stuff like that's a big jump. And I've had to forego, you know, like a lot of things that I would have liked, you know, I had to move countries, I had to move cities, I've always been on the go. And for me now, it's like, I, um, I'm, I'm taking, I'm easing into this life I've been able to go for myself. So for those out there that are hustling and like, you know, like, uh, just wanting to make it work and like getting to a place where you can, it's like, don't forget to take the time to enjoy the process and to enjoy what you've been able to build for yourself. So I find myself doing that. And guess what? I started this whole business, have this whole program, and I've just been able to impact a lot of people's lives. I'm like, huh, I don't, this is this is how much I love operations, Hillary. So much so that I'm like, I want I want to be an operator again. I can't be business owner all of it. I want to be an operator. I truly love my gift for operations. So what I've been able to do in the past 24 hours is talk with business owners who are ready to hire somebody like me who have even bigger businesses. I'm talking eight figure businesses going on to nine figures um, and putting me in a place where I can actually use my operator skills again, but at a higher level. There's always room for improvement. There's always room to learn. So for me, um, being young, like I'm 24, I'm not, I'm not this whole 30 something year old. Like I just had like a lot more life experience jam packed. Hey. You know, like whole- <laughs> I'm and kidding. I'm just I'm speaking from my truth. You know, I'm trying to offend nobody. But this like cold press. It's just yeah. you know how, how like they start packing like coffee beans and stuff when they make coffee. Mm-hmm. But just, just jam pack right into there. Like all this life experience jam packed into like oh yeah few years of my life. This is why I've been able to be here. Um but for the most part it's really uh being able to work uh within a bigger container of what i really love doing which is being an operator mm-hmm. and i find that the more i can tap into my zone of genius the better i can show up in all other areas of my life because how you do one thing is how you do everything and i cannot be a, a as great a business owner as i would love to be if i'm not being the best operator i know i can be and the only way for me to do that is to actually operate something. Sure. I need a I I need somebody, I need a business owner's vision. I need to know what you want to do and I'll start building. If I'm not building anything, I feel like something's wrong. I can't like there are like people like yourself who you, like if you could just envision your business all day, that would be like sunshine and rainbows to you. Like if I never had to like strategize on something, if I just like said that like I want this to happen and prove it happens, that that's magic for you. For me, the magic is I want to do that. I want to build something for somebody. I don't want to think about what to build. Just tell me what to build and holy moly, will I get to work? <laughs> and there are there are people like me. A lot of us exist. Yeah. But people like you who are more fat-facing, who like need these types of people, where do we find these people? And you're you're like you you have told this uh, to me before, but you feel like you've been lucky to find your COO, 
And that's why so much so that like your business has to be to invest into growing his skills and learning. Mm-hmm. Because like you, you, you see how valuable he is to the team. So it's like, how about the other business owners out there? Yeah. Who haven't been. Where do they like, like, Exactly. So for me, getting back into the game of being an operator, you know, full time and still authentically talking about who I am, I just organically uh, attract more people who think like me. And I guess, you know, from a marketing perspective, you sort of build that cult um, around you. Um, and I just see this as, as the long term game of being able to stay on top of my game of operations in order to, you know, be able to impact the people who want to get their operations career started and be able to guide them through because I'm actively in it. Yeah. Versus just teaching from my past experience. Because past experience is great. Don't don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But you find that like a lot of the best players, you know, year after year they keep training. Right. Year after year, like right after the season, first day of training, it's it's like it's not too long of a gap. You always got to get back into training. Okay, you had a great year, you had a great championship, you had like a, a great win in your business, but you can't just like lollygag for like another three, four, five months and celebrate. Like, got to get back to work if you want to stay on top of the game. Yeah. So I find myself wanting to genuinely do that for two reasons: to impact my operators even more, that the kind that I work with, and just do what I really love doing. That's cool. That's my icky guy. Yeah. That's where I'm at. No, I love that. I, I think that's a, a great way to, you know, wrap up this conversation too. In fact, um, there was, so a friend of mine and also uh, an entrepreneur who's been extremely successful. His name is Jeff Lerner. He's the, the founder of Entre Institute. He posted something the other day where he was talking about the best teachers are the ones who are in the midst of doing the thing and they're teaching their mentees, you know, the, the next thing that they've just learned, right. Or that next part of their experience. Whereas, you know, the teachers that are maybe mediocre, medium level are the ones that are teaching things from years past, but have never had, you know, they've stayed pretty stagnant. So I think that's really cool. That's really cool to hear that, you know, you're just, thank you immersed in, in operations. That's cool. Um, all right. Yeah. So with this conversation, this has been so fun and really cool to hear <laughs> your perspective and your insights and, you know, hearing about your story for our listeners, let's, you know, talk really specific advice point for this, you know, wrapping up this conversation for our listeners who have created a business and maybe they're in the first you know, beginning stages of their business and are wearing all of the hats themselves. What are maybe one or two things that they could start doing now to prepare for working with someone like you or, you know, delegating different parts of their business? Yeah. Um, I'd actually go back to what I said earlier about like, just track because like I want it to be easy because business owners already spend so much time in the business anyway like having to take time to work on the business is only so much time that they have so just do this one activity uh track your time how much time are you spending on certain departments so if it's like sales if you're making posts if you're doing copywriting those are certain tasks that fall under a department whether that's sales marketing fulfillment or operations 
Now, what you want to do is you want to track how much time it's taking you and then rate yourself from one to 10. How do you feel whenever you, you take on those tasks? Right. It's like, oh, like I, like I spent three hours, but I don't feel like I got anything done. Like half the time I, I was just trying to figure out what to even write, you know, and then like just just be authentic with yourself. And if you do this for about a week, you, you, you'll figure out what you really love doing and what your zone of genius is. So those are the things that are harder for you to let go because you just genuinely love to do that. And, and you would you would not mind spending so much more time in that if you had to get it. Conversely, as you continue to track, you'll also see the things that you, you spend so much time on or you procrastinate on spending time on because you just hate it or you just, it, it's not an enjoyable activity for you. Also rate yourself how you feel about this. Now, the top one to two things on that list are the, are the things that you must delegate. Not outsource, delegate, right? Delegate means you have to understand at least how it works how it should be done because again as a business you have to do everything in the business right so you have to wear those hats but understand the level of excellence the level of performance required for somebody to come on and take that task off your plate that way you understand that okay like there's not going to be a dip in the level of performance it's like bare minimum should be maintained so if, if it took you you know like three hours to make a post they should not take four hours. If they take four hours and they hate the job more than you do, then why are you keeping on the team, right? Yeah. But if it takes you three hours and you bring on somebody who, you know, went through the whole process and, and genuinely loves to do the thing that you actually hate, if they can do it in one hour instead of the three hours it takes you, then holy smokes, you just, you just bought yourself three hours yeah. and then you just paid somebody for an hour of their time because now the three hours that you won back, you can make more money for the business. You're able to do the things you actually love that drive revenue, that drive growth, that drive business, that drive relationships, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so identify the things that, that you rate low on that scale and what you spend the most time on and then start planting seeds, you know, start looking into groups, start, you know, talking to people like myself, talking to people like Hillary who are well-connected in the space, who know people who are the total flip side, like whatever you're, you're good at, we're probably not good at, right? So there's a synergy there and then see how you can work with people who can take those things off your plate. Um, and then you'll just see yourself skyrocket a lot sooner because what, what happens Hillary is like CEOs don't even do, they don't even know what they're spending their time on. Yeah. And by the time they're like, it's a dumpster fire, everything gets convoluted and they don't know what to hire for. They don't know what to delegate. And people like me, if, if, if you're lucky enough to be able to meet people like me for a Swiss Army knife, so you can like swoop in into anything it is and give you advice on what you should be doing, great. But not every business owner is as lucky as that. Mm -hmm. So track your time. Like it doesn't need to be like a whole monitor and stuff. Just like be mindful of how much time you spend on each task yeah. and then how you feel. Because that's important. That is important. So if you don't like what you're doing, then you will hate your business a lot more than a, a lot sooner than you think you would mm -hmm. because of the, because of how hard it actually takes, how hard it actually is to maintain, to grow a business, to right. even start a business. Mm -hmm. You better love what you do because you're going to be doing this for quite a while, buddy. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That is incredible advice. As an entrepreneur, yeah. business owner, 
You do not need to be good at everything. In fact, you shouldn't be good at everything. And I've heard, you know, I've heard this type of advice before, Abby, but not the way that you put it. And I love the way that you put it because it shouldn't. It, well, and here's what I mean by this. And sorry, we'll, we'll wrap up. We've gone over time, but <laughs> it's really good though, because so many times I, I have the opportunity to speak with entrepreneurs every single day who are at a stage in their business where they are the one that is maybe doing everything or the majority of the things in their business. And they're ready to delegate. They're ready to, you know, they need help, but, but after hiring someone, they don't know what to have that person do. Right. And this is such a great piece of advice because you can do this simultaneously while you're building your business. Just keep track of the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis, how much time it takes you to do that thing. And then taking it that one step further that I love that you added rate it on a scale of one to 10. How much do you enjoy it? Because it's so true. The things that we do not enjoy, we procrastinate, we put them off, or we get really, really distracted really easily when we're doing that thing, (laughs) right? It's hard to stay on track. So I I love that you've added that, you know, that additional layer because delegating those things out, it's going to feel relieving to have that off your shoulders. And you're going to have more of your time to do the things you're actually good at doing. Right. Yes. Because the one thing I see is, is it's um, a lot of the times like beginner operators, for example, who don't, who, who come in as a Swiss army knife, but don't really have the heart behind the intention of the conversation is like, they just ask, okay, so, so like, what do you spend the most time on? Like, like, let me do that. Yeah. But oftentimes like, they spend the most time on that because they actually love doing that. Imagine me taking away that that task off your hands because you spend the most time on it. That doesn't make sense because now you're going to have to do the things you don't even like doing that you also spend time on. Mm-hmm. It's like now you now you just have a frustrated and like just just a sad business owner to work with. And who wants to work with that? It's like that they're spending the most time on it and they love it. Let them let keep them in the playground, keep them happy. Yeah, I always say this, it's like, keep the business owner happy because if the business owner is not happy, if they're not doing the thing that they love doing, this ship is all, we're, we're all going to go down, all right? <laughs> we're all going to go down with this ship and I, I ain't about to be on the ship. It's gonna, I, I, like, I, I'm not really good at swimming. I don't want to build my own ship. Let's just keep this ship afloat. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's why it's like, really important to also rate yourself and like have like understand that like what you're spending the most time on may not always be the thing that you love but there's there's something that you you just find yourself spending time on that you actually love doing you just you know daydream you know like you you got like a pinterest board you watch youtube videos about you get ads about it because you talk about it so much and that there's nothing wrong with you spending like time will pass you by either way but if you can spend that time doing the things you love and like you can win more time back to do more of the thing that you love, wouldn't that be a dream come true? Right. So that's why I always add like, do you actually love what you spend a time on and how can I win you back more time to do that thing? Because that thing is what's going to make us money. <laughs> You're yeah. so good at it. Like that's, that, that's the, that's a job that only you can do the best. Right. And if you can just do that all day long, honey, like the money will come. Right. I'm telling you, the money will come. Like if you're so good at marketing and you can write all the 
funnels, you can write all the VSLs in the world, you will come up with one of the best VSLs. You'll come up with the best copy because you just have so much time to do what you love to do. I like when I first started my business and like being able to do operations, I found myself spending eight hours. I totally forgot to eat. Guess what? Like I built one of the best onboarding systems for my client. I was able to give the best possible advice because I had so much time on my hands to really think through what I wanted to do without stifling my creativity. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that for a business owner, it, the money will come. If, if you don't take anything from this podcast, if you focus on the things that you are really good at, the money will come. The money will, don't even worry about the money. I've never worried about the money and the money has always come because I just talk about it so much. Mm-hmm. I run myself so much time back to be able to talk about these authentic conversations. And if you told me 2.5 years ago that I would be on a podcast talking about this, I've never been able to buy something worth $3. Nothing that I own is worth, like not even my coffee is three bucks. You can't, like there's nothing in Austin that's worth three bucks. Let me just say that. That's three, three bucks is like 10. Um, <laughs> but from, from where I was to where I'm at right now, the methodology has, is, is something that I've, been able to share in this podcast episode today and i hope all the listeners that are listening to this right now take a nugget like don't look like if you don't if you don't get to the end of this podcast it's totally fine because you have probably learned like one piece like a one piece nugget mm-hmm. munch on that just savor that entire thing and take action on it if you take out one thing and you're able to do something with it that would have been worth the entire rest of the hour where you just listen and then you just skip to the next one. Right. I love that. Action, baby. Action. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. Abby, for those listening, how can they connect with you, get in touch with you? If they want to follow your amazing content and insights, where do they go? Thank you. Yes. So I'm on, I'm primarily on Instagram, but on all platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Snapchat. I don't really use Snapchat. I, <laughs> I, I just open it up for some reason, but I, I never use it. But on, on every platform, it's Abby Florecita. So A-B-B-Y-F-L-O-R-E-S, my, my first and last name, and then I-T-A. Because fun fact here, if you got to the end, I'm five feet. And I'm an Ita, not an Ande. So <laughs> Abby Florecita. There you go. That. Gotta keep it spicy. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Abby. This was so much fun. Thank you as well, Hillary. Thank you for having me. And I really do appreciate you taking the time out of out of our days to be able to schedule something like this. And I hope to be able to have impacted not only you, your operations person, and your audience as well. And I just hope everybody has a great rest of their days wherever you are at in the world. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Marketing Mastermind Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, follow, rate our show, and share with your friends on social media. You can also join our community by visiting us online at marketingmastermindpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you on the next episode.